The Bible says he is faithful even when we are faithless. And so we just want to, to transcend unbelief and move to the point of belief so that we can walk in the power and authority that God has called us to walk in. Can I tell you what? You got to see yourself winning. You got to see yourself victorious. If you see yourself as a victim, you are a victim. And you, are, you will be trapped forever and ever and ever. And you will not get out until your mind changes and you realize I am a victor. I am an overcomer. God said I was an overcomer. The book of Mark tells us in chapter 9 verse 23 that all things are possible for one who believes. In the world, seeing is believing. But in the kingdom of God, believing is seeing. As Christians, it is our responsibility to go and possess the inheritance given to us by the Father. And possession is achieved through faith. It begins in the mind, is made real in the heart, and then manifests in the natural. These are just some of the concepts Pastor Eddie Mason elaborates on in his message entitled, Faith Possesses. Now, let me, let me just kind of give you a demonstration of faith. I'm going to talk about it, but I want to give you a demonstration of faith. And watch it, brother. Give me that Bible. Give me the Bible. Thank you. Give me the Bible. Can I have the Bible? You going to give it to me? Now, that's where most of us have faith. You know, what we want somebody to do is take this, open our hand, hold it out, and put it. Now, watch this. Thank you. I will take and possess what you have given me. There's a major difference in possessing what God's given you and realizing that God's given you something. Amen? Amen. See, he gave it to me, but until I took hold of it, it was not mine. I have to take hold of it for it to be mine. Thank you, brother. Listen, God is so good. He wants us to possess. Yeah, give the Lord praise. Amen. God wants us to possess his promises. And so we want to go there. Acts 3.16, you go read the whole scripture. It's about the crippled man. But look what it says. By faith in his name has made this man strong. Well, if it made that man strong, guess who else it'll make strong? Come on, raise your hand and say, by faith in his name, I am made strong. Strong. I'm strong. Amen. Praise God. Faith in his name has made him strong. Mark 9, 23 says, and I've read these before, but I want to keep going over them until we get them in our spirit. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father and child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. We're trying to transition from unbelief into belief. We're trying to position ourselves from, from saying, God, just drape me in it to possessing what God has already given us. And so when we begin to possess it, guess where you're going to possess it first? Right here. And then from here, it's going to be translated into here. But if you can't think it, you'll never receive it. We're going to talk some more about that. But I want you to understand that, that the unbelief comes and our doubt when it comes when we just don't trust God enough. Now turn to your neighbor and say, you sorry joker, you don't believe God. No, don't do that. Sometimes we feel that way, don't we? And then we get under condemnation when we say, oh, ye of little faith. If Jesus had done that to us, we'd have gone and stuck our head under a pillow and we wouldn't have come out for months and months and months. 
We were in a, we, Sue and I had just been married for a few, few months, and we went to uh, Montreat, North Carolina, and uh, not Jamie Buckingham, who was it that was speaking? Anyway, Munford. Munford was speaking, and all of a sudden there came this time, and there was this silence, and Stu, Stu set up, stood up and said, Thus saith the Lord, the place you're standing is holy ground. And Bob Munford looked and said, You're out of order. 20 years before she prophesied again in public. 20 years. So let me tell you something. Shed your little feelers. And when somebody says you're walking in unbelief or you're walking in religion, put it before the Lord and be willing to ask God, is that true? Nobody's condemning you. Jesus said you are no longer condemned. If you believe in Jesus Christ, you, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And so if, if, if somebody can put you under condemnation, that's the enemy that you're listening to, not God himself. So when, when, when the Lord says you're, you're, you're vacillating between belief and unbelief, it's not that he's trying to destroy you or undermine you or condemn you. He's trying to say, I want you to move and I'll help you. I will meet you faith to faith. So if we're going to issue, if we got a little bit of faith, God's got a lot of faith, hasn't he? The Bible says he is faithful even when we are faithless. And so we just want to, to transcend unbelief and move to the point of belief so that we can walk in the power and authority that God has called us to walk in. You see, when the children of Israel were required to possess the land, they refused to go to battle. I talked about this last week. They didn't want to fight. And that's the way we are. We don't want anything to be difficult. We want everything to be easy. We want everything to be comfortable. We want everything. Listen, and we're living in a time where you can't even play Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer because it's bigoted or something. I don't even know what's wrong with it. I'm telling you, the, the, the sensitivity of people are off the chart. And I'm going to tell you, God's people cannot be that sensitive. If you walk into a hostile environment, you better walk in with the attitude that you're going to take over. Amen. You know that John Wayne, Clint Eastwood mentality. Do you feel lucky? Have I shot five or six times? You know, that type thing. Make my day. There you go. There you go. Make my day. And so we need to be a people who are not afraid of hostility. We ought to be a people who embrace it. Now, let me just give you a little insight. The further you go in God, the more the demons are going to get stirred up. I heard somebody say they didn't believe that thing about, about uh, new levels, new devils. It's not that, it's not that there are more devils out there. You just start offending people by your spirit in a greater measure. You see, when you walk in, Jesus walked into the room, what did the demons do? Son of man, why have you come to torment us before our time? They know there's a time. Don't you wish when you walked in the room that the demons would begin to scream out because you are so consumed by the presence of God that demons couldn't stand to be in the presence of the Jesus that's in you? Amen. Not you, it's Jesus. Am I making sense to you this morning? So we want to possess that. We want to possess that faith. We want to not be afraid to go into the battle. After the first generation died in the wilderness, a new generation birthed in the wilderness were ready to take God his word and possess the land. 
They were ready to grab hold of the land. But it took a, 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 the, the Egyptian mentality and had to be destroyed in a group of people. And the Egyptian mentality is we are dependent upon the Egyptians for our existence. And yeah, we came out, but we are grasshoppers in our own eyes. We're not worthy to be, go to battle against them. We can't conquer the land. And so they had this Egyptian mentality that they were nothing but slaves that had come out of Egypt. People worry about 666 and taking the mark of the beast. Let me tell you what I worry about. I worry about people submitting themselves totally and totally to the government and looking to them for their whole sustenance. Because I believe that 666 is a human program designed, governmental program designed to take over the hearts and minds of people by feeding them their flesh, feeding their flesh. I want to go to war. Jeremiah 32, 27. Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We asked this last week. All of you said no. No, it's not. And so, but I, how many of you faced things that you didn't think could be handled this week? Don't raise your hands. I don't want you to get condemned. Is anything too hard for God? Is any difficulty too hard for God? Is any sickness or disease too hard for God? Is any financial need too hard for God? Is anything too hard for God? See, we begin to talk about changing this nation, and the first thing we say is we, we, we can fall in that crevice of belief and unbelief. Well, if God wants to, stand back up. If God wants to, God, hand me, hand me that Bible if you want to. Hand me that Bible if you want to. Hand me that Bible if you want to. God, you can take the U.S. if you want to. No, God said, I've given you the United States of America. How about take it? Come on. Come on. Thank you. I've given you this nation. You take the land. Well, God, but do you know what's going on in the government? The Bible says that the government of the nation is upon his shoulder. I want you to know, in his righteous government, everything is okay and all right. We are more powerful than any army that was ever assembled in the United States of America. We are more powerful than the President of the United States. We're more powerful than anybody, anywhere, anytime, if we're on our knees before Almighty God. I can't remember the name of the Chinese man that was in prison and being tortured for being a Christian. But when they said they were going to take prayer out of schools, his cry was, why are you silent? I'm being tortured for the gospel and you want to be quiet about taking God out of your, out of your schools. Well, boys and girls, they took God out of our schools and it's a godless school now. It is a godless school system. Thank the Lord for the men and women of God that are in those schools and they are bringing him through the doors regardless of what the government says. Amen? Amen. How many of you saw last night on the news, I'm, I'm digressing, but how many of you saw on the news last night somewhere in Tennessee or Kentucky there was a cross that was in the nativity scene? I mean, not nativity scene, in the Christmas scene. And some group for the liberty from, from religious uh, freedom or something like that 
came and said they were going to sue the county if they didn't take the cross out. And the county commissioner says, we're going to take the cross out. There was such an uproar that the county commissioner said, we better fight the battle. And they, they put the cross back up. They didn't take it down. Let me tell you it again. There was such an uproar. There was such an uproar. Come on, when are we going to get in an uproar about what the government is doing to us? When are we going to get in an uproar about what the enemy is doing to us? When are we going to get in an uproar enough and say enough is enough? Jesus is the answer. I read on Facebook the other day, it's pretty interesting. You can bring, you can bring the Bible into the jail, but you can't bring the Bible into the classroom. Hmm. I like what the statement said. Maybe if we started bringing the Bible back into the classroom, we wouldn't have so many people in the jail. Amen. If you can, all things are possible to one who believes. There is nothing impossible. We can be the start of a revolution or revival, whatever you want to call it. See, we keep waiting for God to send a blowtorch and go... And we've had that happen, but the problem is when that happens, it comes to an end. When the people decide to grab hold of God and possess what God has for them, he, that becomes a place of habitation, not visitation. And I don't know about you, but I don't want just a visitation of God. I want God to come and to stay. We talk all the time about the Welch Revival where they shut down the sporting bars and they shut down all the gambling houses and they shut down the prostitution and all the jails were empty to the point that the policemen were able to come to all the services because they really didn't have anything to do. But once that revival ended, within five years, they said you couldn't even tell revival had been in that, in that land. Why? Because the people just enjoyed what God was doing. They didn't take hold of what God was doing. I want you to take hold of what God is doing. In Numbers 33, 50, And the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho, saying, Speak to the people of Israel and say to them, When you have passed over the Jordan into the land of Canaan, when you shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their figured stones and destroy all their metal images and demolish all their high places, and you shall take possession of the land and settle in it, for I have given the land to you to possess it. Notice he didn't say, when he said this is a land flowing with milk and honey, notice nowhere in there did God say, this is a land free from all obstacles. It's a land full of giants. It's a land full of flesh worship. It's a land full of everything that you can imagine. And God said, clear the land. Go in and possess the land. The first group said no. The second group said we're going in. We're going in. I made a statement up here in the world. Seeing is believing in the kingdom. Believing is seeing. Can I tell you what? You got to see yourself winning. You got to see yourself victorious. If you see yourself as a victim, you are a victim. If you're going to blame everybody else for what's happened to you, then brother and sister, you are a victim of your own circumstances and you, are, you will be trapped forever and ever and ever and you will not get out until your mind changes and you realize I am a victor. I am an overcomer. God said I was an overcomer. He overcame and he made me an overcomer. He has overcome the world and I will overcome. Let me just, can I just be real gut honest with you? I'm tired of sniveling, 
whiny Christians that say they trust God. I don't believe I'd have said that. If I hadn't been under the Spirit, I probably wouldn't have either. I'm telling you the truth. Blame everybody for everything. Well, if this happened and this happened and this happened, I understand. Man, you've got to see it and you've got to believe it. You've got to take hold of it. How many of you think when the, when the children of Israel the second time decided to go into land that it was an easy task? You know what happened when they got to the land? Here they are. Man, can you imagine? They fired up. I can imagine Joshua now. I bet he was a firebrand. Man, we're going in taking the land. The giants, they don't have a chance. Every bit of that's going to be ours. Our family. God's already divided it up and told us what portion to take. Man, it's looking good. And so they go out there and they're all excited and all fired up and banners are raising high and the Jordan has flooded. Now when the Jordan floods, it doesn't flood just like we think about. When the Jordan floods, it goes out and out and out and out and out and sometimes it reaches three to five miles. Let me tell you that again. Three to five miles outside its bank. Now, what are you going to do when you run up an obstacle that's so big you can't cross over it? Joshua said, God said it was our land. And as, and as, he, as he began to do what God told him to do, the Jordan parted. And the waters began to stack up. And the children of Israel walked across. But had they looked at the flood, what would they have done? If you're looking at what's going on in your life, you're going to do what happens to most people is they see the flood and they say, we can't. We can't. God says you can. You can. Only God could provide them a way. I mean, you know, God, only God could provide you away, and he did. And his name is Jesus. And when you were born again, you were birthed into, you crossed over the Jordan River, and you were birthed into the promised land. But man, you got to enter in, and you got to possess the land. you got to possess the promises of Almighty God. you got to take hold of them, and they've got to be yours. You've got to see yourself doing what God called you to do. I was listening to Joel Osteen one time, and... I, I'm really not a name and claim it person, but I am a person that seems you can begins that does believe that you can see what God has promised you. And his father started that church. Now his father was nothing like Joel. You need to go back and listen to some of his stuff. And Joel said that every day his daddy would walk to that church. wasn't a hundred people. And he tell Joel, he said, "Can you see?" this auditorium feel? Can you see the balcony? Can you see the thousands of people that will be ministered to here? It wasn't long until he began to minister to the hundreds and then to the thousands. And then his ministry went worldwide. But he could see it. I'll go back and repeat some of this because I don't, I don't want to go too, too far. Hebrews 6, 9. I got two minutes. Mine says three. <laughs> Hebrews 6, 9. Though we speak in this way, 
in your case, beloved, we feel sure of better things, things that belong to salvation. What belongs to salvation? We belong to salvation. Healing belongs to salvation. Deliverance belongs to salvation. Signs, wonders, and miracles belong. Go look it up. Go look up the word salvation. Find out what the Hebrew for that word means. Let me just close with this. First off, you've got to boldly declare that you are God, you, you are who God says you are, and all that He says is yours belongs to you. Amen. Say, what God said belongs to me belongs to me. Amen. And then I want you to start saying that. I want you to keep declaring it. I want you to declare it every day. And the Bible says it's not by might nor by power, but by the Spirit. It says, but the battle will be won by the Holy Spirit. If we'll confess God's words, God's Spirit will react. The Holy Spirit will begin to move by His Word. We will possess His promises when we come into agreement with His Word and stop the evil report. When we stop saying we can't, we're just grasshoppers. When we stop confessing the lies of the enemy, when we stop letting everything in the world get us down, we must trust Him and Him alone. We must come into that place where we know and believe that He is well able to bring to pass what He has promised. It's a time to have faith in the Father and His Word. It's time for us to to believe that greater is he that is in us than he that is in this world. And the only question I'll ask you is, do you believe? Do you believe? Southside Christian Fellowship Church, a place where you are loved, accepted, and received, a place of healing, a place of prayer, a place of hope. Please join us every Sunday morning. For service times, locations, and other information about the church, visit us at southsidechristianfellowship.net. Again, that's southsidechristianfellowship.net. Once again, thank you for listening, and may the Lord bless and keep you. May His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.